0: the German startup scene with news, interviews, and live events. Hello and welcome, everybody. This is Joe from StartupRate.io, your startup podcast, YouTube blog, and internet radio station from Germany. Today, I do have a cannabis entrepreneur here with me. Hey, Philip, how are you doing?
1: Hi, Joe. Uh, Nice to meet you, and thanks for having me.
0: If either he or I sound a little bit tired, it's because the Super Bowl went into overtime and we didn't get enough sleep last night. We already cleared this out. Um, nonetheless, Philip, welcome very much. You are the CEO and co-founder of Contourage. Uh,
1: yeah, I'm, I'm the CEO of Contourage. Um, but I'm, I'm not one of the founders I actually was founded by, Two close friends of mine, and I joined the party in January 2021. Uh, the company was originally founded in 2019,
0: um, but yeah, I joined a bit later. And here we are. Here we are. Um, talking about you, I've seen you did some pretty interesting stuff in your life, including a stay at the University of Sydney. How did you like your time back there?
1: Yeah, those was uh, back in the heydays. It was uh, lots of fun. Um, yeah, it's a beautiful city. It was lots of fun being there. Unfortunately, I just spent a semester there and then I had to go back to Germany. But uh, it was fun times, that's for sure.
0: Mm-hmm. I've seen you then became a consultant for more than eight years and then th- 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 there is a break in your uh, CV that I really find interesting because from associate principal in a consulting company, you jumped ship and became the manager director of Aurora Deutschland GmbH, which is also in cannabis business and then you went on to Managed contourage. but can you tell me how did you go from consulting to cannabis? Uh,
1: sure. Um, so I did consulting for for quite some time. I uh, was ma- maybe on attract track to at some point become a partner, um, but I wasn't having too much fun in the end, to be quite quite honest. There. Um, so the, the 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 consulting company I worked for was founded by a couple of McKinsey partners. Um, and th- those guys actually also become mentors of mine. And uh, when I um, talked to them quite openly that I like to do something else, um, they basically said, um, I, I should, I should reach out to people in the startup industry in Berlin because, um, they saw potential in me in order to, to build a company. Um, and lucky me, they reached out to um, a former colleague of theirs, uh, Florian Holzapfel, um, who was one of the founders of, Daniels which later became Aurora, which was the first cannabis wholesale in Europe, uh, and initially it was just to meet him uh, to better understand the startup scene, uh, and then we had a chat for a few hours, and then basically offered me a job at his company, uh, and uh, lucky me, um, yeah, I soon became then also the managing director or the CEO of Aurora, actually also Aurora Europe which was uh, quite the right. It was in, in the early stages of the cannabis industry in Europe, um, Aurora, which was at that point in time, one of the largest, if not the largest, cannabis company in the world. And I was um, tasked to build the European platform. It was uh, quite the right, was quite challenging, but also a huge success, at least from our perspective, um, built a company from 30 employees to more than 250. In a few years, uh, together with the team, we also won the tender to cultivate cannabis in Germany. So lots and lots of experiences, um, which also now helps me in order to further build another cannabis company, um, Cantourage, which is now also one of the, if not
0: the market leader in Europe for cannabis. Let's talk about Cantourage here, the company you are heading as CEO, because there are many things different here, and I would like to talk about that because first, you are not the necessarily privately held VC funded startup we usually have here. Can you talk a little bit about that and what decision made you do it differently?
1: Um, Yes, we went public in November 2022. um, at the end of the day we thought um there is there're not, there not a lot of opportunities for private investors uh, to invest into a hot topic like cannabis um there's just a, a few listed companies in Europe and uh, we thought uh, we'd like to give um uh, investors the opportunity to invest into cannabis um rather early and also to invest into a growing company like Cantarage, uh rather early uh, also um i just mentioned that the, the um, the founders of Cantoraj, they sold their, their first business to Aurora. Um, they saw what happens if you're um, a- acquired by a larger company. And this time around, uh, we, we'd love to do it differently, uh, being at the, the driver wheel for the foreseeable future. Um, so even though we went public, um, the founders, the management team, we still own uh, over 75, 80% of the company. Um, so we like to be, be be public in order to have, let's say, ample opportunities to grow in the future to raise capital uh, while remaining in in the driver's seat, not being under the gun of um, outside or external investors.
0: I understand that this also gives you access to those capital markets, debt and equity, which should be a big bonus. But on the other hand, you also have to very regularly publish all your numbers, which is usually something the startups don't like to do. How how does does this feel for you right now?
1: Um, I mean, it's 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 an additional layer. It's an additional layer of complexity. Um, so far, um, so so far so far so good, I'd say. And it also helps to professionalize your company at the end of the day. Uh, so we um, we publish um, our numbers, our figures on a regular basis. Uh, we streamline our processes in order to get there. So at the end of the day, it also makes you uh, further develop the company to further mature. Um, and yeah, um, I mean, and also, especially looking at our numbers, I feel quite, um, quite good in, in order to publish these, uh, because compared to our peers, I think we're doing not too bad. Um, so we feel, um, I mean, it's good to have that transparency and in, 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 to show the world what we are, what we are about. And, and <laughs> like, given that we've been successful so far, um, I have no trouble talking openly about what we do. There's no need to keep it secret or private. Um, yeah, we're out there in the open and talk openly about what we do, where we're successful and where we're not successful. So, um,
0: so far, so good, I would, I'd say. Yeah. I would be interested when you talked about that, there are a lot of capital market events around Germany, around the world. When you are there, are you in the ugly kids corner or are you really approached by investors who are interested how the cannabis business is developing? What's the feel like there on the event?
1: Um But it, it depends and it's also evolving over time. Uh, I think uh, so the first time around, we went to the um, Eigenkapital Forum in Frankfurt in November or November, it is December, 2022, and we were the, I mean, the odd kids, uh, maybe the ugly kids in the corner, because nobody ha- has heard a- heard about us. And cannabis was something rather new, um, and the, the the discussions were mainly around what is cannabis, what is medical cannabis, uh, what's the regulation like. So we didn't really talk about counter rush. It was more about educating uh, potential investors about cannabis in general. Um, but I think the last. Couple of, couple of years that has somewhat changed and evolved. You could, can, can sense that, um, uh, investors also did their homework and they're asking more precise questions about cannabis or specifically about Cantourage, our, our past performance and then future potential. Uh, you can see that, um, um some investors, not all of them are really interested in cannabis. Um, and also, if, uh, let's say, do an in-depth analysis of, of the market, the competitive landscape, and asking uh, good questions these days. Uh, it's not broad about cannabis, so it's it's, it's more fun for me. Um, and we can see that uh, more people are um, interested in investing in, in
0: cannabis also from an institutional uh, perspective. Okay, talking about education here, we, we've really grown massively since we had... The likes of Finn Hensler with, um, Sanity Group or, um, Kansativa here, um, with a Snoop Dogg investment. Um, could, could you lay a little bit the groundwork, how this is currently working in Germany? At least the leader cannabis can business. I'm sure that's the only one you could talk about here. And then we try to put you in where you fit in, in terms of the value chain there.
1: Um so um the, the, as of now there is only medical cannabis in in Germany uh, and also all over Europe uh, there is no recreational market as of now um as we as some of us may aware uh, there is lots of talks about uh, recreational cannabis use obviously in Germany but also in the Czech Republic and Malta and wherever but as of today um it's it's a rather a medical market um those markets have been in existence for quite some time uh, they're here and they they're, they're growing um, by the way that's why we um, are hundred percent focused on the osmanical markets as of today because uh, there's ample ample room uh, to grow and ample room uh, to make profits there no need to think too much into the future about any recreational market because in the here and now there's, there's uh that there, there is a market uh, where you can again uh, market share and make 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 profits there um, in terms of the the lay of the land um I'm currently looking at three archetypes in terms of um, companies being active in in, in Europe. Uh, on the one hand, there are the vertical, vertically integrated players. Um, and so doing basically from, from from seed to sale, doing cultivation, manufacturing, uh, distribution, sales, and marketing, all under one roof. Um, mainly done by Canadian companies like my former company, Aurora, because they could raise, uh, yeah, Billions of dollars uh, in order to build that infrastructure and, and, and build that um, value chain. Um, on the other hand, there are, um, we call them wholesalers or distributors, um, which are focusing on buying cannabis from somewhere in the world, uh, and then basically just wholesale it to, to, to pharmacies or other wholesalers in Europe. The Kanturaj is, um, somewhere in the middle. Um, so we've initially we focused on uh, manufacturing. Because that's the most challenging part from a regulatory perspective. Um, so it's, so there's lots and lots of different cultivation assets around the world, uh, but they cannot supply any medical market because they're lacking, uh, needed permits and licenses in order to turn an agriculture, agricultural good into a medicine. So therefore you need to have certain permits and licenses to do the manufacturing uh, pharmaceutical manufacturing. That's what we focused on initially and took, took quite some time to get there. And now we have a special operating model where we focus on manufacturing and distribution, but we can source cannabis from around the world. Um, so the, the wholesalers we just talked about, they can they have access to a few um, cultivation manufacturing sites um, around the world, um, but that's about it. So mainly they, they are reliant on two or three different uh, suppliers. Uh, And we built a special um, operating model where we source cannabis as a raw material from around the world. Currently, we have more than 65 cultivators out of 18 countries under contract. Basically, they send us uh, cannabis as a raw material. And then we do the manufacturing here in Germany and then uh, distribute it all over Europe. Uh, As of today, we're selling in to seven different European countries.
0: Um, so basically you are also very early stage, um, in terms of growing, you don't do the growing by yourself, by contourage, you have, you have contractors to do that. Um, I
1: wouldn't, um, I wouldn't call them contractors. We call them partners because right? at the end of the day, they're independent, uh, companies. Um, and we have a special model in place, uh, where we share the achieved revenues here in Europe. Because at the end of the day, we believe in partnerships and so everybody needs to eat along the value chain. Um, so we split the revenues we achieve here in Europe with our cultivation partners. Um, I, I mentioned before, uh, so I work for Aurora, which is one of the vertical integrated players, um, they invested heavily into that infrastructure. Uh, so it's a rather asset heavy um, operating model. And by choice, uh, we said, okay, um, we need to be nimble. We need to be agile, we need to be flexible. And there's lots and lots of good cultivation uh, partners around the world. No need to invest into that infrastructure. Let's rather be asset light, um, focus on manufacturing and distribution and not invest heavily into cultivation assets because um, we can solve solve that, that that problem in terms of product supply by partnering with excellent growers around the world
0: and i did have a lot of questions here that i wrote down um let, let me try to do first a little bit more the random ones and then <laughs> then the ones that would drive the story further um you were talking about canada um my understanding is that there are canadian companies because they've been very early in the regulatory game um because it, it at the point you were talking about it kind of hit me that canada is not necessarily the pra- the place to grow cannabis so there had to be a different driver here um
1: i mean yeah on the one hand you could say okay from from a from a um Climate perspective: that There's there's better regions to actually grow cannabis around the equator um, that you could basically grow cannabis outdoors or in greenhouses where it's, it's energy efficient and labor costs are relatively low, especially compared to to the European Union. Um, but Canada uh, Canada was at the forefront in terms of the regulatory game, as you just mentioned. Um, so cannabis was fully legalized also for recreational use in 2019. And that led to the fact that uh, there was a massive market uh, and um, those companies were already public. They could raise lots and lots of, 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 of dollars in order to build an infrastructure. Um, yeah. And initially uh, in, in the early days of the, of the cannabis industry, um, people built cultivation assets where they could, not where it necessarily necessarily made the most sense. And you were allowed basically to build cultivation assets in, in Canada. Uh, that's what they did. Uh, now you can see that from a cost perspective, from time to time, might, might make, makes more sense to build it somewhere else. But now the infrastructure there is, is there and needs to be, uh, yeah, needs to be used to a certain, to a certain degree. But I should also, before I forget, I should also yep. mention, um, there are lots of excellent growers in Canada. At the end of the day, um, so there's there's a legacy. Uh, there is uh, lots of experiences, lots of know-how. Um, so, as of today, uh, I think the, the 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 best cannabis in terms of of, of quality um, that is available in in Europe is basically imported uh, from Canada. So they are leading the pack. That's for sure.
0: Uh, another curveball question is when you were talking about all those capital markets events and so, so on, on and so forth what went through my mind was do you have a lot of guys from the ESG community that invest in you or does your business model violate their rules
1: um it depends um just recently we had a, a, a lengthy discussions with a potential investor there was really adamant about um, ESG and future ESG rules Um, where um, as of today, cannabis from time to time is, is an issue, uh, especially if um, we talk about recreational cannabis. Um, So uh, it depends in terms of the investment criteria. Uh, There is certain institutional investors who don't have any issue at all with cannabis. There are a few which are, do have issues uh, and there are others which um, do like Cantaraj because we're focusing on medical cannabis uh, only as of today.
0: Also, um, I would like to hint that especially during the interview of Kansativa, we've talked about the the dream of legalizing, as you already mentioned, cannabis here in Germany for recreation and use. I think they, they dreamed of a really, really big thing. And then a very, very small proposal came along, which apparently, um, shattered the dreams of some of the people there. Um, that, that, that's what would like, to keep it, I think you you would have a lot to say about that.
1: Uh, yeah, I think um, so. Initially, there was. I mean, at the end of it, let's talk about the the, the market potential first. Um, so, Germany is by far the biggest medical market in in Europe, um, and so talking roughly twenty tons per year uh, currently being sold in Germany in terms of medical cannabis, and the conservative estimate of the the black market is roughly four hundred tons. Uh, so there is. Uh, a multiplier by 20 in terms of, of um, a potential market. So that's a huge, huge boost, huge upside for lots of cannabis companies. So that's why everybody was looking at a potential recreational market in Germany. There's lots and lots of potential, um, but at the end of the day, um, so as, as of, we at Cantorash, um, we're active in the medical game. Uh, we're active in a lot of different European countries, so we didn't build the company based on on a pipe dream that the recreational market might uh, happen soon or soonish. Um, we always looked at the development, um, also talked to let's say a few people involved um, in, in, in drafting that that, that bill, but uh, we were never fully convinced that there will be a full legalization uh, within the next one or two years. Um, so usually regulators take their time. Uh usually there is a pilot program. They evaluate the data before they really open uh the, the 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 legalization of the floodgates. Um so I think it's 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 a good sign. It's it's a phased approach, step by step uh to warm up to the idea to to fully legalize cannabis. Um and We'll see how that goes in terms of recreational cannabis, um, but we should also mention in that in that uh, proposal, people mostly talk about recreational cannabis, but there's also a, a major change for medical cannabis in Germany because um, um, it will no longer be treated as a narcotic; uh, it's just an RX, so a prescription um, medicine. That should actually help further, further grow uh, medical cannabis in, in, in Germany, because um, it, it'll help, um, or it, it will ease the burden on, 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 on doctors and pharmacists um, to prescribe and dispense cannabis. So we rather see um, rather a short-term boost for the, for the medical um, cannabis here in Germany and in terms of recreational um, given its its home grow given its mostly for so-called cannabis clubs you can't be active in those uh, as a as a cannabis company There is no um, this yeah limited potential let's say for for cannabis companies in the recreational uh, game however we rather see a boost in the medical game given the reclassification of cannabis as a non narcotic
0: Yes, uh, I do believe first, um, what is really important here is that um, there is not a instant legalization and then the, the lawmakers realize, oh, we made a big problem and full speed backwards. That would be a big issue because then it would make it impossible on political terms for years and years to come to legalize this. So a more cautious approach is the better one here.
1: And, and at the end of the day, yep. to me, it's, uh, it's, it's also a German approach to do it like that, um, <laughs> step by step. Uh, it's a bit, bit of a wait and see approach. Evaluate the data, uh, and then further, further, further improve the regulatory framework in order to, let's say, build build a sustainable and, and, and long term structure uh, for, for for companies um, to engage in, in cannabis. So, mm-hmm.
0: I wasn't I wasn't too surprised that it's a step by step approach. Yeah. And, um, the, the thing that it's not regulated as narcotic would mean a lot because there's a very strict law here in Germany, betäubungsmittelgesetz, and you have to follow a lot of regulations. And if you don't, there are very harsh punishments involved. And that was, would uh, reclassification out of this class would not necessarily, um, make it easy, make it simple, but it would be, uh, make it less regulated. And, um, if you make mistakes, it's, not as harsh as a punishment as it is in other classes. But l- l- let me get from the curveball question back to my original idea of the interview. You guys do manufacturing. So what I had in mind is uh, like you get delivered like big, big amounts of, um, in in containers and climatized containers um, with one or two security guys. And then it drives into a physical factory and there something happens. Is it like that? And do you do it in Germany? And how does all of this stuff work? Because that's the important part. Many people out there will never in their whole life have a chance to know how this is working. And if they really a little bit geeky and want to know how stuff works, that's the chance. So go ahead.
1: Um, I mean, it's pretty, pretty accurate. What you just described. Um, uh, So we basically import uh, the plant or we call it biomass or or raw material um, into Germany uh, actually into Frankfurt. And then it gets sent to our manufacturing hub, which is in Bavaria. And then basically we turn that agricultural good into a medicine and that means uh, drying, uh, trimming uh, meets also reducing the micro but microbiological load uh, it's uh, packaging it's labeling it's testing so there's lots and lots of different steps from a pharmaceutical perspective in order to have um, a safe product at the end of the day um, so it's it's a lot of work <laughs> so it's, it's it's not that simple uh, many pharmaceutical manufacturing um, but we do that all all in Germany and then also send it from from, from our hub here in Germany, and um, all over Europe, uh, different different products.
0: I see, I see. And, and th- that's also the part that makes you really different. You are importing, you are making it ready as a medical pro- product. As you said, microbiological loads, you don't wanna have a lot of viruses or bacteria on it. I think you cannot completely cleanse it because it's a natural product, but you'll have to you reduce really this load by a considerable amount, I'm sure. Uh,
1: yeah. So there is um, so in terms of um, so at the end of the day, it's a medicine. Um, so there's mm-hmm. a tight regulation also in terms of different levels of um, contamination. Uh, and uh, so we need to comply to those rules and want to comply to those rules. Uh, and so we came up with a rather unique and innovative method to reduce the microbiological load. Uh, most of our peers use irradiation. Um, so either gamma irradiation or e-beaming. Um, and we came up with a new, um, yeah, innovative method, which is a bit more gentle to the product, which is, is we call it smooth. Because um, at the end of the day, um, it's a natural product with natural ingredients and to me it sounds counterintuitive to use radioactive sources in order to treat the product. So we have um, a new method uh, which reduces the microbiological load um, as needed and is rather gentle to the product so we can preserve um, terpenes and other um, active ingredients um, in, in the product. Um, and so far feedback from patients and, and, and doctors
0: is, is pretty good in terms of our product. And then you also have a platform on which the wholesalers and maybe even the pharmacies can directly order.
1: Uh, yeah, that's correct. Uh, so, um, we, we, we call it a, a platform, basically, which is uh, connecting our product portfolio to um, uh, other wholesalers and or pharmacies. Uh, so if they want to, they can directly order product um, via our platform. Um, or what they call us up here. So, um, honestly speaking, um, most of the pharmacies in Germany um, are not yet fully immersed in, in, in the digital digital space. Um, so, we, there's lots of communication via via email, also via phone. Um, but we try to to, to also offer uh, a fully digitized experience for pharmacies. So, if they choose to, they can um, also use our platform to to order products.
0: And I've seen in one of your presentation, you claim around 80% of the market for medical cannabis. Does this mean you import something like 80% of the product there? Um,
1: that's not a hundred percent accurate, um, um, in terms of different product formats, uh, there are, um say for for, for monographs how you can dispense cannabis as a compound medicine so there is a dried flour there is a dronabinol there is um, extracts or oils and mm-hmm. pharmaceutical cbd um, and the last component is, is as finished products and we are currently um, engaged in four product formats uh, so we are dispensing flour dronabinol um, extracts and CBD. Um, mm-hmm. Most of our competitors are only active in one or two product formats. And um, yeah, we're active in in four different product formats or four monographs. And that's roughly 80% of the market. So our total addressable market is 80% because uh, we're not active in,
0: in finished products. I see. I see. This is where we're going. Um Usually, I close the interview with two questions, um, but um, apparently everybody who would like to invest in your company can do so via the Frankfurt Stock Exchange. You're traded there daily, so um, all the investors can go there. Um, um, but usually I have the last question, are you looking for talent? And what we usually do is the people already listen to the interview. They know you guys by now and uh what what they then do is uh looking at the careers website so i would suggest we link the careers website because every company is currently lo- is really looking for talent right
1: uh, that's for sure um always always on the lookout for uh, the best talent available out there um and so we are located in berlin and bavaria but also looking for 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 talents basically all around europe um we have uh, so most of our operations is in Germany, but we also have a subsidiary in in, in the UK, based in London, uh, where we also, if not the leader, one of the leaders in terms of medical cannabis. Uh, so feel free to to check out our careers website. Also check out uh, opportunities all around Europe. Um, so canterage is
0: growing these days, and so we're also hiring new 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 talents. Mm-hmm. And everybody who'd like to learn more, they can go down here in the show notes. There will be a link to your LinkedIn profile. Of course, there will be a link to your company website and your career website, where people can have a look around. Um, Philip, it was a pleasure talking to you. Um, I learned a lot personally today. Um, not only about the role of Canada in growing cannabis, <laughs> and um. I really enjoyed the interview and I hope to have you back in some time. Cool. Thanks for having me. It was lots of fun. Thank you. My pleasure. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. That's all, folks. Find more news, streams, events, and interviews at www.startuprad.io. Remember, sharing is caring.